0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, great to have you with us today. Uh, if you came in a little bit late, uh, don't forget to fill out a connect card this morning, uh, especially if you're a guest with us. And uh, don't worry, no, like Scott said, no one's going to uh, show up at your house this week. We uh, just want to thank you for being here with us uh, today and uh, for this series. I uh, got a couple of exciting things to announce. Uh, last week, we announced that our church uh, now has an app, Online, you can go to any of your the app store that you normally go to for your uh, your phone, your your tablet device, uh, uh, anything, uh, and uh, upload download our, our church app. Just look for Coastal Community Church. I think there's like three of us, and uh, obviously pick the one that's here in Charleston. You see our little our little logo. As of this week, I think we we've now been downloaded about. Uh, uh, 208 times, or something like that, which is awesome. Just a great way, a great tool to uh, help spread the, the good news of the gospel and uh, give you an opportunity to listen to our messages really simply and, and also check out the videos that we're putting up uh, there on the app as well. Um, another great uh, announcement that I have today, and this has uh, been a long time coming, and we're finally taking at least a next step, and uh, that is on Friday we officially uh, applied for our building permit for the new building. Woo! So that's exciting. <clears throat> um... We've now at least accomplished enough with the city where they allow us to do that. Still got a couple other little things to finalize. But to, so now we hurry up and wait uh, here at the next step. And so, but we'll let you know when all that's going to come to pass. Hey, also don't forget inside your bulletin, you'll see the little green uh, sheet in there. It talks about Operation Christmas Child. Really the month of October is all about uh, encouraging everyone to buy some toys and gifts and stuff. And then uh, the, 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 uh, the date's there in the bulletin. Um, we have a big uh, wrapping, packing Christmas party here at coastal and it's a lot of fun and uh just it's, operation christmas trial is a great opportunity to spread god's love around the world to uh kids that don't have anything much uh much less uh, christmas and then it gives uh, an opportunity to share the gospel around the world and make inroads into uh places that we might not normally be able to do that so uh, don't, uh, don't forget about Operation Christmas Child in October. I know you don't think about Christmas now, but we need to start thinking about it because we actually have to wrap and pack, and then they all get sent to the distribution centers. Um, so uh, we're in this new series uh, called The Story of My Life. Last week was awesome. Hope you, uh, if you were here, that you enjoyed it and that uh, you made a commitment maybe to start something. Uh, so I want to catch you up um, if you weren't here. And uh, bring us all up to speed. Uh, the, the reality is, it really doesn't matter uh, who you are, uh, how old you are, what your background is, whether you're young or old, or you're hip or you're not hip, or uh, you're a church person or you're an unchurch person, every single one of you today, myself included, we all have a story. And uh, we all have parts of our story that we enjoy telling and sharing with others. And you know, you get together with some good friends around a great meal or, or maybe it's a holiday or whatever. And uh, you're like, hey, let me tell you about the time when I... And then you'll tell people about stuff like, hey, about the time you overcame something or you accomplished a goal or you uh, helped somebody out or you made a difference in somebody's life. We all have parts of our story uh, that we enjoy sharing. Now, the reality is though, all of us have parts of our story that we don't like to share. You know, there's things in our lives that we're not necessarily proud of. And and thinking in terms of story, uh, for some of you, you might say, yeah, there's a a few pages. I wish I could, you know, rip out of my story. And then maybe for others, you say, no, it's it's not a few pages. Pastor Chris, man, there's whole chapters of my life. I just, I don't want anybody to know about. Now, You know, good news, bad news. The reality is you can't change your past, can you? I mean, you can't. You can't change your past. But here's the good news. Um, You can change your future. You know, your future story has yet to be written. And so that's what this series is all about. It's about writing a new story. Remember from last week, this is key. Fill in the blank there on your outline. The decisions that you make today determine the stories that you're going to tell tomorrow, right? In other words, what you do today, the decisions that you make today, determine what you're going to tell about your life in the future. Now, I want to share a quote with you. It's very similar to that, but it's uh, from one of my favorite uh, preachers and authors, uh, Andy Stanley from in Atlanta. And uh, he, he says this in his book, The Principle of the Path. He says, Your direction... Not intention determines destination. Your direction, not necessarily good intentions, but your direction determines your destination. I like that. In other words, it, it's the direction that your story is moving. You know, it is it's the road that you're walking. You know, it's not what you intend to say, it's not what you hope to say, it's not good intentions, but the direction that you're heading determines your destination. In other words, the way you're living right now ultimately is going to help determine the story that you're going to tell tomorrow. Um, Now, I want you to try this little exercise with me today, and this is going to be key to my message today. I want you to think about the decisions that you're making right now, and I want you to play them forward okay? Ask yourself, now, if I continue down this road, if I continue to make these decisions that I'm making today in in this area of my life or in this area of my life, what story am I going to tell five years from now? Now, that little exercise can be very, very powerful. Taking a moment and playing the story out, playing it forward. You know, I can't tell you as a pastor how many times I've sat down with people that are full of regret. You know, they'll say, Pastor Chris, you know, I wish, I wish I could go back and rewrite my story. I wish I could go back, you know, I regret this decision or that decision in this area of my life. Again, I wish I could tear that page out of my book because again, the decisions you make today Determine the stories that you're going to tell tomorrow. Just like the decisions you made in the past have determined the stories that you're telling today. Now, the overriding question that we're looking at this series then is, well, how do we live a story worth telling? How do we live a life worth telling? And one of the verses that we're going to come back to week in and week out uh, during the series is Hebrews 12.2. We talked about it last week. It's there on your outline again this week. It says this. Let us fix our eyes on who? Okay, again, you're in church. The right answer is Jesus. Jesus. You can say it. Okay, very good. Uh, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is what? the What's the word? Author. The author and perfecter of our faith. Wouldn't it be amazing if we let Jesus be the, the author of our lives? If we, if we, if we so focused on him, and we so followed him that he led us, And if we're being led by him, then we're actually going to be telling a story that he wants to tell. And so in this series, what we're doing is we're taking a look at five decisions that we all need to make. Okay? And if you were here last week, again, we made a decision to start. Anybody make the decision to start something this week, a new habit, a new discipline? Remember, just one thing. Okay, two of you. That's great. The rest of us suck. Okay, there we go. Okay, now, might want to look into that, check out the app, listen to that message. Now, um, today we're going, to start, we're going to decide to stop something, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Now, next week, we're going to decide to stay when it would be so much easier to go. Because sometimes what we do is that I think we circumvent God's story for our life. We, we ruin our story when we walk away from something just because it's hard, just because it's difficult. When the, you know, when the going gets tough, when we should have stayed at it. Maybe you've walked away from a dream or from a friendship or a relationship or from God or from church, or whatever, because it got difficult. When It would have been better for your story if you had just stuck it out. Instead, you decided, uh, you know, to go. Week four, we're going to talk about, though, deciding to go, because there are times, you know, if you're going to do something really significant in your life, that's going to require risk. It's going to require that step of faith. It's going to require that, you know, if God's going to tell a great story in your life, It's going to require that you do something that you're not necessarily comfortable with, that you've got to step out of your comfort zone, and it unnerves you a little bit. And instead of playing it safe, you're going to have to go by faith. And that's week four. Week five. It's going to be awesome. Uh, We're going to give those of you who've never done so a chance to be baptized. Now, in fact, we're going to have a baptism service in all three of our services. And I'm going to be talking about next steps uh, spiritually for people to take. And baptism is one of those. It's a, baptism is all about publicly identifying yourself with Jesus. Jesus was baptized. He asked us to be baptized. It's about going public, public with your faith. And for some of you, that is your next spiritual step. You know, maybe some of you were baptized uh, as a small child. And honestly, it was not something that you remember. It's something that was done to you, not something that you personally decided to do as a result of your faith. It was something your parents or grandparents or those who loved you did to you. And again, nothing wrong with that, but it's not something that you made the decision about. And you weren't baptized like they were baptized in the Bible, the way Jesus was baptized, by immersion. In fact, some of you were baptized a long time ago. And if you were honest with me today and honest with yourself, you'd say that your story has taken a lot of twists and turns since your baptism, since you're going public with your faith. In fact, been a t- there's been a time in your life, in your story, where maybe, maybe you feel like you kind of walked away from God. And, uh, but now things have changed and you're back. And maybe much like a, you know, a wedding vow renewal, you know, where you stand before those that you love and recommit, maybe for you, baptism uh, needs to be that. That next step where you take where you, even though you've been baptized in the past, you do it again to symbolize your new life change. In fact, today uh, on your Connect card, if you're interested in getting baptized on the 19th, uh, you can check the box that says my next step today. Right there on your Connect card and you will be signed up. Now, today I want to talk about deciding to stop. And uh, we're going to look at uh, a story from the Old Testament uh, one of my favorite characters, Moses, fact, we, uh, we did a series maybe a year or so ago on the life of Moses, and uh, it, I think this is a story that, in fact, we didn't, we didn't talk about it in the series, but I think it's a story that most of us can relate to, okay? Now, raise your hand if your to-do list is out of control. And you're overwhelmed. Anybody? I mean, like, in fact, when you think about the new year, people, you know, you know, starting, you know, resolutions and all that. And, and they're making their to-do list and things they got to do. In the back of your mind, you're going, man, I don't need to start anything. I need to stop some stuff. You know, I need to stop doing list. Because between work and home and activities and sports and family and church, you feel overwhelmed. And and it's not that any of it's necessarily bad, but you can't imagine taking on another commitment and and you're you're overwhelmed right now. Now, the reality is Moses felt that way at a time in his life. In fact, he felt that way and and more. In fact, he he was mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. He was worn slap out. Now, picture this. He is the sole leader of millions and millions of Jewish refugees. And they all came to him. They all came to him with with all of their problems, all of their disputes, all of their whining, all of their complaining. He was in charge of everything. Everything that happened kind of flowed through him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being you know, being overwhelmed? He was, he was about to have a complete meltdown. It was so bad, in fact, that Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, okay? Not Beverly Hillbilly's Jethro, but another Jethro back in the Old Testament, uh, comes to him with some advice. You know you're in trouble when your in-laws are coming to you with advice, right? Okay, Nobody likes to hear from their in-laws. But it was bad, okay? In fact, Jethro basically said, Moses... You've got to stop doing what you're doing because you're wearing yourself out. In fact, here's the advice, the actual advice that uh, that Jethro gave him in Exodus chapter 18, verse 17. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you're doing is what? What are the next two words? Not Not good. Now, what if I told you today that there's something in your life that's not good for your future story. What you're know, what you doing right now is not good. You've got a habit. You've got an addiction. You've got an attitude. You've got a thought process. There's something in your life today that's not good for your future story. It's going to end bad. Verse 18. Jethro said, You and these people who come to you are only... You're, You will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I'm going to give you some advice, and may God be with you. Now, basically, the advice that Jethro gives to Moses is, okay, Moses, here's the game plan. It's time for you to choose some other leaders. You know, choose some capable leaders. Train them. You know, teach them how to handle the stuff, how to handle the disputes for you. In fact, he went as far to basically say, I want you to choose some leaders to be over thousands, some to be over hundreds, some to be over fifties, and some to be over tens. And then when all this stuff happens, when all these problems arise, you're going to delegate your authority to them so that they can handle the the small stuff, the everyday stuff. And then the big things, the really important things, the difficult things, they'll come to you. And if you do this, he goes on to say in verse 22, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this as God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Now, here's the great news. Moses listened. He listened to his father-in-law. He did everything that the father-in-law said. And then Moses, you know, actually stopped trying to do everything by himself. You know, to, to be honest with you today, you know, share a little bit about my heart and my story. That was a real turning point for me and Coastal. Because, you know, in the very beginning, you know, when you start a church, a lot of times you end up doing a lot of the things. And if, if nobody's going to get it done, you're going to get it done. And, and uh, so I kind of got in the habit, honestly, early on of just doing everything. And everything here at the church kind of flowed through me. And uh, I finally, you know, I, I came to turn, well, I think I'd realized that for a while, but I just couldn't get off that treadmill. And so finally, I, you know, about five, six years ago, and this is really one of the turning points of the growth of our church, I said, no, enough, stop. I'm not doing it all anymore. You know, it's, it's, everything's not going to come through me anymore. And uh, it was really a real turning point uh, in, in the life of our church. And this was a turning point in the life of Moses, too, because really, in so many ways, the story that Moses tells and the story that we know about him never would have happened if he didn't listen to Jethro. Now, here's what I want all of us to do today, just kind of like what we did last week. I want you, again, to think of one thing. Everybody hold up your finger. Remember, one, Clemson's number one right now. Okay. Well, hey, we won, you lost. There you go. Okay, so, no, no, no. Anyway, but one, one, one thing. Don't want you to do seven. You do seven, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're not going to do it. But think of one thing that you're doing right now that you know you've got to stop. In fact, if you're a believer today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to literally, in your heart, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in your life what's not good that's hindering your future story. And then we're going to commit to God and ask Him to help us stop doing that. That which we know is hindering our future story. Now, i got to... I want to give you a couple of reasons why we should stop in the first place. Maybe some reasons you've not really thought about before. One is, you don't know what you're missing. You know, again, even if it's good things in your life, maybe because you're doing so many good things, you're really missing out on God's best for you. But you don't know that because you're so overwhelmed. And yet, if you would stop, you know, make that stop-to-do doing list and, and take away something, you would go, oh, now I've got margin. Now I'm not overwhelmed. Now I've got time. Now this relationship is better. Now I'm not looking over my shoulder worrying that someone's gonna find out. Now I've got peace. You don't know what you're missing. You know, you don't know what blessings are on the other side of stopping. Number two, second reason, you don't know what it's gonna cost you. You know, you haven't really thought that through. You haven't played that forward. How much it would cost you if you don't stop. Again, think about Moses and his life. What would have happened if he would have continued to just to overwhelm himself and try to do everything on his own? Well, we all know the answer. We see this all the time. You see it in your own life. I mean, he could have easily had a nervous breakdown. He could have done what so many of my pastor friends end up doing. I mean, they go hard, they go hard, they go hard. And then one day, they curl up in a ball in a fetal position and they don't get out of bed. And I've I've had to be there for some friends of mine and take them to the hospital, literally. You know, Moses could have walked away from all of it and said, you know, forget it. It's too much. You know, forget God, forget these people. There's no telling what his story would have been if he didn't stop. So I want you to think about what's not good in your life and play it forward. Where is this going? Let's do do it together a little bit. You know? Keep overeating. Let's all just keep, let's ignore our bodies. Let's just do that together. Keep on smoking. Keep on abusing your body in some way, shape, or form. And then let's play that story forward. Where's it going to end? Well, maybe you don't walk your daughter down the aisle. Because you're dead. Maybe you don't see your grandkids grow up. Maybe the last 20 years of your life are miserable because you battle health issues. I mean, play the story forward. Keep partying with that group of friends, that that wild group of friends that you know is not good for you. Play that story forward. We've all seen it. One gets a DUI, one lands up in jail, and maybe the other one's not so lucky. Sadly, the real lucky ones just take their addiction into their marriage and destroy their family over a slow, painful death of 20 years or less. Play that forward. You know, keep looking at porn. Maybe you had not gotten caught yet, and you don't think it's costing you anything. Well, play that forward. You start acting out on it. Or maybe you don't ever act out on it, but one day you've got to stand and look your wife in the eye when she says, Why wasn't I good enough? And your kids stand behind her. Keep overspending. Don't get a budget. Spend more than you make. Play that forward. Not just for our country, but you play it forward for you. Maybe it begins your story with not being able to afford simple repairs around the home or for your vehicles. Can't afford entertainment or Christmas or vacations. But it continues with creditors calling. Utilities being turned off. Losing your home. Keep on nagging your husband. He's an easy target, right? (laughs) Marriage isn't good anyway. You keep tearing him down. You you play that story. and You tell me where it ends. Now, Hit the pause button for a moment. Let's go back to last week and ask yourself the question that we're asking every week. What story does God want you to tell? What does God want you to want in your life? Chances are you might say, yeah, Pastor Chris, there is something different that God wants in my life than what I'm experiencing right now. Maybe God wants me to be a little bit more focused on my family. Maybe he wants me to be a little bit more focused on my my kids or to take better care of my body, get my finances under control. I mean, whatever the area is, here's the application question. And again, we we had one last week. Here's here's today. In In light of what God wants you to want, what do you need to stop? In light of the story that God wants to tell through you, what decision do you need to stop today? What thing? What? What do you need to stop in order to tell that right story? And again, today, don't get overwhelmed. Maybe just pick one. But I want you to think about it in terms of, of two levels, okay? That, and so maybe really it's kind of two decisions, but on two different levels. One externally. On the outside and then one on the inside. You know, maybe maybe externally, some of you need to stop flipping people off on the highway, (laughs) okay? You know, and if you're going to keep doing that, take the coastal paraphernalia off of your car, okay? Um, Some of you need to stop getting wasted on the weekends. Some of you need to stop doing drugs, stop smoking, stop cursing, I mean, whatever that external outside behavior is. Now, here's the danger, though, because some of you are sitting here going, hey, well, I'm feeling pretty good because over the years, you know, Pastor Chris, I've, I've quit a lot of external behavior, so I don't have a lot of external things that I need to, I need to get rid of or stop. But listen, be very careful because the reality is you, you, you probably need to stop something internally. In fact, I would argue all day long that the most powerful, evil force, the most dangerous force today is not those external behaviors, but it's it's, it's the inside. It's the internal things that get us into trouble. And maybe for you, you need to stop a bad attitude. You need to stop this critical spirit. You need to stop worrying. And so again, I'm asking you, in light of what God wants you to want, what does God want you to stop? Some of you need to stop being a slave to social media and you need to put your phone down and you need to put the computer down and have a conversation with somebody. Okay, talk to people. Some of you need to stop trying to control everything and control everyone. You're driving your kids away. You're driving your spouse away. Some of you have got to stop judging everyone all around you. Stop being so critical. Some of you have got to stop smoking weed, stop smoking cigars, cigarettes, crayons, whatever it is you smoke, okay? I mean, well, I just do the electronic six. Okay, come on, stop it, you know? Some of you have an alcohol addiction. Some of you got to stop hanging out with the wrong crowd. Some of you single adults here today, let me speak to you for a second. Some of you need to break up with that loser. Okay, you know it. You know you are just settling. You know, the Bible says that if you're already a believer, you shouldn't even go out to eat with somebody in a relationship that's not a believer. That should be the top on your list. Oh, but Pastor Chris, he has so much potential. Even though my mom and my dad and my coworkers and my friends and everybody who loves me and cares for me tells me he's no good for me, but they don't know. They don't know him like I do. You're stupid, okay? I'm telling you, listen to me. Play that forward. Play that forward. Some of you need to stop overspending. Some of you need to stop drinking soda. Some of you need to stop, you know, neglecting your family. Some of you need to let go of a hurt or a grudge. Now, I want you to go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And we've been quoting part of verse 2, but I want to go back to verse 1. Because this is really critical for this message today and us coming to uh, this idea of stopping. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now, you need to understand that this verse is kind of written... in in the language of, like, you're running a race, you're running a marathon, you're coming into the, you've you've run the race, and you're coming maybe toward the end of it, and you finally entered the, the Coliseum or the stadium, and you're surrounded. In fact, chapter 12 was the, uh, uh, this chapter of all these different people who we call the hall of faith and, and all these great people of the faith who've gone on before, you know, are now in glory. And he's basically painting this picture for us saying, okay, you, you and I today, we are surrounded by all these people who've gone on to be with God and they're clapping for you and they're cheering us on as we run our race, as we tell our story. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And again, he's talking about, you know, telling our story, running our race. And he said there's things in our lives that are hindering us. In, In other words, if there's anything in your life that's hindering your story, that's messing up your relationship with God and your future, he's saying stop it. If there is a sin in your life that's got you all tangled up and it's keeping you from from living the story that God wants you to live, stop it. Stop doing what will hinder your story. And then he continues, and you've heard some of this. He goes, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. And then let us, what, fix our eyes on who? What's the answer? Jesus, who is the what? Say it out loud. The author and perfecter of our faith. Again, this is a race. And he's saying, if your eyes aren't on Jesus and you got stuff in your life that's holding you down and weighing you down and holding you back, you're not going to be able to run that race. He's saying, get rid of it. Let it go. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about behavior modification. Okay, this is not a self-help seminar where we come and we just say, hey, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and we give you a big, you know, pep rally. You can do it. You can stop this. You can start this. Anybody can do that. What we're talking about here today, we're talking about spiritual transformation where you actually hear from God. You allow His Spirit to speak to you and He says this is hindering your story, and you know it, and I know it. Now, here's the good news, though. You don't have to stop and behave correctly before you come to God, by the way. This is not about earning your, your, your way into heaven. This is not that, okay? And and, again, and maybe some of you are sitting here saying, Yeah, but Pastor Chris, I've tried to stop before, and I can't stop, whatever it is. Now, what I'm telling you today is different. I'm telling all of us that by the power, the resurrection power of Jesus, we can stop anything he calls us to stop. Because the Bible says that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells within anybody who says they believe. And you and I now have a power above ourselves, greater than ourselves, that we can stop. So, you know, I, I don't. And again, it's not about good intentions. I, you know, I don't. I don't care what you want, what you hope. You know, direction, where you're headed, what you're doing, not your intention determines your destination. And so, today, if you're here and you feel like you're writing the wrong story, then write a different story. Stop it. You say, "Yeah, but." Pastor Chris, my, my story, it's, it's so bad. It, you know, it's, it's, my story's not perfect. Well, you know what? Neither is mine. You know, the, 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 the examples that you've seen on the video the last couple of weeks, no one's is. But here's what you need to hear loud and clear today. Here's the good news. Your story's not finished yet. I mean, if you are not dead, God is not done. He's not finished with you. You know, and, and, and the Savior, Jesus Christ, He wants to help you live the story that, that He wants you to tell. In fact, He wants to take all of the bad, all of the dark, all of the stain, all the pain, in fact, use it for His glory and for His good. If you'll, take, you'll let go of all those things that are hindering you, the sin that so easily entangles you, and if you will fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, He'll help you author a new story. Now, I want to close with this. Why? Why will Jesus do that? You want to know why? It's because he loves you. In fact, let's continue on with the rest of Hebrews 12. This is where it gets really good. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now listen to this. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why? I mean, think about it. Why? Why did Jesus endure the cross? And I mean, get that picture in your head. Why did Jesus endure the the beatings i mean he took a beating most of us could not fathom taking over and over again falsely accused falsely tried why why did he endure railroad spikes being driven by roman soldiers into his feet and into his hands why 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 the humiliation why would he endure a crown of thorns being slammed onto his head why? Well, it says here, for the joy set before him. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Really, the answer is found in who? Who is he talking about? You ready for this? He did it for you. You know what you are? Every one of you. You are the joy set before him. You see, it's as though, according to this passage... He could see down into the future and like like a parent, like a proud parent who experiences great, great joy when their children are born. Jesus knew, you and I could never be born again. Never be born again without Him enduring the cross. You are the joy set before Him. He did it for you. Now, here's the challenge today. If he did that for you, make his joy complete by responding. And again, if you're a believer today and you have already placed your faith in Christ, you're stopping something. Again, it's not about earning God's approval but it's a part of transformation. It's a part of sanctification, becoming more and more like God already sees you. See, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he satisfied God's justice on the cross, now when we place our faith in him, when God looks at believers, you know what he says? Perfect. Perfect. And so our part of now running that race, though, is periodically we've got to be reminded to let go of the things that are hindering us. You know, put away the, the sin that, that entangles us. Now, if you're not a believer here today, when, when we're talking about stopping to do something, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, ta- I'm not saying stop anything so that you could become good enough for God. Because some of you, that's where you've, you kind of mess this whole thing up, and you've got religion, but you don't have a relationship. You don't need to clean yourself up before you come to God. He does the cleaning for us. He does the cleaning. And so stop. For for you it might be, you know what, I'm going to turn my back on this life that I've known. And I'm going to turn toward Jesus. And then he is right there. And he'll help you every step of the way. He will make you right before God. And then day by day by day, you can become with the power of the Holy Spirit more and more like God already sees you. That's the gospel. That's beautiful. You are the joy set before him. Bow your heads and pray with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, all of us, we all have things in our lives that we need to stop. Stop doing. You know, God, there's some in here that are just overwhelmed with doing too many good things. And the reality is there's some things they need to stop doing so that they could enjoy the very best that you have for them. They're wearing themselves out, they're wearing others out, and it's not working. If they play that forward, it's not going to be pretty. God, help all of us to find whatever it is in our life, and just to make a commitment. Ask, Ask your Holy Spirit to speak to us today, reveal what it is, and then bring that to you and commit that to you. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection power of Jesus, we know that you'll give us the strength to see it through. And Father, today I, I, I know and believe that there are people here today that are ready to come home. They're ready to turn their, their back like, uh, you know, just like Joe and Rebecca today. They're, they're ready to, to turn their back on, on religion and on rebellion and turn toward a relationship with Jesus. And so if if that's where you're at today, listen, just pour your heart out to God right now in a prayer. Just say, God, today I believe. I put my faith and my trust in, in what Jesus did for me on that cross. You know, he endured the cross, scorning its shame for the joy set before him for me. It was my sin. I understand that now. It was me that put him on that cross. He came to satisfy your judgment. And Father, today I believe he's your son, I believe he died for me, but more than that, I believe that he rose from the dead, that that sin and death have no power over him and he is alive. And for the rest of my days, God, very simple, simply as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, I just want to follow him. And God, I want to run that race that you've set before me and become more and more like you see me today, clean and and righteous, and holy, and brand new. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.